If you're someone who's passionate about transforming education, which you are if you're listening to this podcast, you should check out the Charles Koch Foundation. The Charles Koch Foundation supports social entrepreneurs and organizations that are embracing innovation to build better solutions for today's learners. Visit ckf.org to learn more. Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to edit up on the EdUp Experience podcast, where we make education your business. Dr. Joe Salustio, back with you again. 300 and, I don't know, probably closer to 400 episodes now than 300. Um, we have recently crossed the 100,000 download threshold. We have returned from an international education conference. We have done lots. We've had our EdUp um, year in review released by uh, The Evolution by Monterey Campus in an article form. You can see all the things that have happened. It's absolute craziness, absolute craziness, which is why I continue to bring you crazy guest co-hosts. And I have one with me again today. He, um, he asked to come back for a while. I was- Access denied. Access denied. And then he kept asking, he kept asking, and finally- Access granted. So here he is, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Eric James Stevens, welcome back to co-hosting, Eric. Yo, I'm 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 really excited that um, access has been granted. I'm I'm excited to be here today. Thank you. Access granted. You're welcome. You're welcome. Actually, Elvin was the one that was uh, access was, denied. I was like, Eric wants to come back on. Access denied. I was like, Elvin, come on, get Eric back on. Access so denied. you're gonna have to take it up with him. Okay. Shout out yeah. to you, Elvin. Um, we're we're uh, excited to to talk about ed tech today. Are we not, Eric? Oh yeah, absolutely. This is gonna be exciting. Um, I'm kind of like throwing um, everything I have right now, doing my own um, startup ed tech venture. Um, and so I'm excited well, to- You might as well plug it. These. You might as well plug it while you have the chance. Well, I don't even know what it is. Uh, it's, it's something in development, right? And that's why I'm really Ooh. excited to be talking to our guest today because um, I uh, there's so much that I, I, I want to learn. Um, and I'm excited to be able to, um, to, hear, to hear what our guest has to say about it. Well, our guest today is international. He's- said he's got a cup of coffee. It's 9 p.m. I don't know who does that. No, somebody that doesn't want to sleep, a.k.a. ed tech entrepreneurs. So here he is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Marnix Brewer. He's co-founder of StuDocU, and he's in the Netherlands right now. Marnix, what's happening? Hi. Hi, I'm Marnix. All good. Thank you. Hey, man. Um, welcome to the EdUp Experience podcast. Thank you for coming on so late at night. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure you'd rather be doing something else like sleeping, for an example, uh, or watching Netflix. Talk about StuDocu. What is it? What do you guys do? Yeah, StuDocu, it's, uh, it's actually pretty simple in the basics. Uh, we offer a platform for students to collaborate and learn uh, faster and better. Um, and in very practical uh, way, it's um, uh, how to explain it. You have uh, many students, of course, who want to study. And everybody wants most of the resources to be available uh, to actually uh, get good grades and, and get your diplomas. Uh, and what we offer is a platform where some students will share their knowledge. So their, their uh, study guides, their lecture notes, and other students actually can go to the platform again to view those and use those uh, lecture notes and study guides which have been shared. So uh, it's all about uh, marketplaces between students actually, and then at a very micro level, meaning that uh, we enable you to view the documents and the, the resources written by other students for your, from your own class. So it could be that you don't know the person, could be that you know the person. In COVID times, maybe you don't see each other that much, but uh, let's uh, uh, take a classroom of 250 people. 
um, then uh, there's probably a few good note takers and the other ones uh, can uh, make use of those. Hmm. Amazing. So I literally explained this to me. So I'm sitting in a classroom with Eric and I'm a bar yeah. by, by far a better note taker than he obviously, obviously. obviously. And so we finished the class and now I can go on Studocu and I can upload my notes from the lecture and Eric and all the other students can view my lecture notes. Exactly. Essentially. And so, and then a student next semester might be able to view my lecture notes and so on and so yeah. on. Do you, do you build them? No, indeed. Um, it's exactly like this. And, and the nice thing is you get something in for return it as well, of course. Um, and Eric, maybe also upload something for it in return. And in, in the end, everybody uploads a few, but you can make use of the millions of documents which have been shared already. So it's, it's a give a little and uh, take a lot. And um, in that principle, uh, everybody can, uh, can study much better and faster. So what incentive do I have if, if Eric is coming in and he's really taking a lot, right? And he, he's looking at everybody's notes and he's, he knows how to use Studocu to his benefit. What's the, what's the incentive for me as a student to upload my notes? Is it goodwill and honor or is it something else that I get in return? Uh, it's a bit of both, but um, if we work with a freemium model, meaning that most of the documents are freely available to anyone. Um, so Eric can just use the platform um, without registration even and just go use uh, the knowledge which is available. Uh, but um, some documents, and which is 20% of the documents, those are labeled premium. So the 80% is free, but those 20%, they are premium. And if you want to access the premium documents, then you can either choose for a subscription um, and then it, that will cost you not even two beers a month. Uh, or uh, you can upload your own resources and then you can also get access to all those premium documents. Uh, but what we do see, though, is that once people upload, um, we, we help them understand um, how, how helpful they actually uh, were for other students. So we sent them notification on uh, how many upvotes you have, how many other students have used your document. And that actually encourages people to upload much more than they need to to just get access. So they feel the good karma they get out of sharing their knowledge. Um, and then they start even sharing more than that. So are we, when you say two beers a month, are we talking like two... Michelob Ultras or two Guinness? What are we, what are we talking? <laughs> uh, for me, it's difficult because I'm from Amsterdam. Uh, but here, uh, so it's, it's tough to say how expensive actually a beer in, in the U.S. is, but I've been there twice and I thought the U.S. is kind of more expensive than we have in here in the Netherlands. Uh, but uh, now we ask uh, $6 in the U.S. Uh, per month. And here in the Netherlands, that equates to four euros, which uh, yeah, wow. beer is typically three euros 50. So it's not, it's almost a bit more than just one beer. That's really interesting, Eric. I'll pass it over to you because of, of course, my notes will be in the 20% that's, uh, that you'd have to pay for. Uh, I don't know where your stuff. No. And honestly, I mean, this is what I love because I mean, Joe, you're not that far off. I mean, I am not a good note taker. Like when I sit really? down in a conversation, um, I really, I just, I really just, I absorb what's going on in the classroom. Um, and I have so Honestly, much respect. Honestly, neither am I. So we're both going down for note takers, um, and they've they've been a lifesaver for me. And I can, um, I could, I could see the value of this, like navigating um, my own um, undergraduate and, and graduate experience. And I, I think what's really interesting about this is that you, and, and I think congratulations on a couple things for like I saw the other day, right? That you just passed like it was it was ten million documents uploaded, right? Um, oh, and you just got like this past, this past year, you just got some, well, it was like 50 million in series B. And so this wow. is yeah. like, this is not like a, um, like a little tiny thing, right? Like you're like, this is, 
a functional no, marketplace that uh, students are using actively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm really glad that we can help so many students um, and, and that people love it. Um, currently, uh, I mean, we're still growing super fast, so that's yeah. really nice. Um, and we're helping more and more students. But right now, we just crossed the, the bar at 26 million uh, students a month. That's insane. Um, and I, I think it's it's such a it's such a really an like it's it's an interesting way to tap something that's already there that's already happening and just empowering it like you said at the beginning of the conversation right so that you can empower students to learn faster and to learn better and I think that's what um, is something that I've noticed in the past year year and a half of I've been watching this 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 ed tech scene a little bit uh, more closely um, is that higher education is going to change um, and it's going to be educational technology and student need that drives that. And so here's my question for you. I'm just really like, like what have been some of those things, like those tangible things that you have seen, like I have been able to have an impact on the way that this functions, but then also like, I'm a, I can't imagine you're doing this without pushback. Like, so like, what are some of those big hurdles that you've, that you've faced um, in kind of overcoming that to help people see that this is, this is a new way forward, not like just some kind of blip on the radar. Okay, here we go. Yeah, good, um, good question. So no, indeed. I mean, uh, I, I think what I like is that um, uh, we, we started this company during our own study. So we felt the pain firsthand. Um, and that's also where the ID came from. And that's also why I guess we understood so well what students really need and uh, how we can really help them. And we actually launched it just as a project here in Amsterdam or actually in Delft. That's the Delft Technical University where we study. Um, and but later on, within just a few weeks, we saw that everybody in Delft was using it. And then um, you get some requests from friends from Amsterdam, from Leiden, Rotterdam, all, all cities here in the Netherlands. Um, and you start the same for them. And uh, boom, it, it explodes. Everybody starts using it. Um, and after our graduation, we decide, OK, let's see whether we can actually help more students and see abroad what's, what's going on there. Um, and again, the same pain apparently is being felt not only here in the Netherlands, but it's actually everywhere. And that's also why we decided to then say, okay, let's uh, change our uh, goal here. Let's try to help actually every student out there in the world. And that's why we're also busy with expanding to so many countries and, and more universities. Uh, but what I think so cool is, is that, um, and that makes me a bit proud now, is it's uh, indeed the impact we have with such a small team. And uh, we're, we're uh, a bit more than 70 people here in Amsterdam, uh, but helping more than 26 million students every month is quite insane. That's incredible. How many, how many students you help with just one person. Uh, but what I really like is we now have a verb called Studocuing it, or why don't you Studocu it? That's the one on Urban Dictionary. And I thought that one was like pretty cool. That's now, from now on, people are using the brand name to actually as a verb. And I think that's where you can really set a check mark. Like, okay, we've done this, passed, and uh, really nice. Yeah, I, I think that's an accomplishment to make it into Urban Dictionary. Um, I, I mean, that's definitely that's a that is a check mark, <laughs> right? Because when you it's like studoc stu me, you're right? Studoc me, you know, I'll studoc you, you know. I, I mean, that's a, <laughs> it, it's a it's the Facebook thing, right? You Facebook me, I Facebook you. Yeah, you Facebook it. Yeah, no, indeed. Yeah, oh, really cool. So you're. Oh, and then so, the, oh, sorry, go Joe. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just uh, uh, trying to finish uh, Eric's questions there about, about the, the struggles and the friction you have. And of course, uh, we see that as well. Um, and and uh, you see the adoption of the, of the platform 
uh, luckily goes through the, the students itself. So it's from bottom up, right? Uh, but sometimes indeed you also see some friction uh, from the other, other way around where uh, professors look at it like, mm, what is this? What's going on? It's going too quick. It's a new platform. Uh, I don't know it. And I think most of the friction comes from sometimes it, it, uh, technology can go so quick uh, that you don't know how to adapt to it and how to follow it. And, uh, but yeah, like you said, EdTech is, is changing the world and, and EdTech will be changing the world and not just the doctor, right? I mean, there's so many EdTech players out there you're starting your own business. I think it's great. And um, that's so helpful for the students, but hopefully also for the professors. And that's what we're seeing now, I guess, in COVID times anyhow, uh, but hopefully also in the future. You know, when one of the knocks on sharing, um, just document sharing for college students, we interviewed the CEO of Course Hero and you have, um, Oh, there's some other ones out there that, um, you know, it's, it's uh, faculty administrators. So, oh, students are cheating. They're getting the answers to these tests or whatever. If you think about it in a technology framework, though, and, and take technology out, did students ever share notes? Probably. Oh. I did. Um, yeah. Did students ever share answers to this? I, I can remember. I'm sure you guys can, too. So-and-so got suspended because he tried to steal the test answers from Miss so-and-so's desk, or at least that's happened in my, my grade school. And so answers, what, you know, what, what one should I study on? That information sharing has always happened between students and forever will happen. All technology has done is increase the access at which you can access it, in other words. So what do you say to those detractors, Marnix, about, you know, cheating and, you know, sharing this and sharing that? Is it just a, a failure to understand that it's just technology on top of sharing that was going to happen anyway? It feels a bit like that, right? Um, but I do, I do get their concerns, though. Uh, I mean, nobody wants their students to cheat, right? And I'm not saying that cheating is right. And I, I also don't say that cheating is being done on, on Sudoku or other platforms. Uh, but, uh, of course, uh, people do help each other. And, and it's more of a question, what is the definition of cheating? I think cheating is really, I don't know, uh, uh, falsifying your test in, a, in any other way, for example. But practicing more than you did before, I think that's only great. I mean, it helps you understand the knowledge. And I think that's also where education should come in. You should understand knowledge instead of memorize knowledge for one week, probably, right? Let's be honest, because after a week, you forgot half of the stuff you had to learn. Um, so what is actually better is, is if the tests, for example, start moving from memorizing stuff into understanding stuff. And that's the part where it comes in. And then adopting to the new technologies. I mean, we also adopt to the calculator, right? We have that one for, I don't know, 30 years, 50 years, I don't know, quite long. Uh, and now you're allowed to bring your calculator to the test. I would say now times have changed. We have smartphones, we have information at our fingertips, literally. Uh, and there's so much information out there. We shouldn't memorize information anymore. Now we should try to adopt to the new way of working. And that is there's an overload of information. So how to filter through it, how to combine it, how to understand it. Um, and that will actually help educators now to educate the students, then who in the end is the goal to get their jobs and get a good career. Um, and I think that's also a funny uh, thing. If you look at it, once you stepped out of college, and let's say the old fashioned college, uh, I would call it because I, I hope it changes, is that once you go to the uh, working environment, you're actually being taught to uh, indeed search for information, um, filter out the good facts, combine it, and then comprehend it and come with a solution. 
and don't do it alone. Actually work together with your team. Uh, that's the whole idea. So I think actually universities and, and the, any other educator should also think about this. Okay, so eventually people have to uh, filter through loads of information, combine it, understand it and do it together. And then I'm trying to see like, why are we not doing that yet at the universities who are actually trying to teach us to prepare us for the working environment. And I think that's um, uh, a gap which has become bigger and bigger, but I hope actually being pushed maybe to COVID. So maybe there is some bright side to COVID um, that actually the educators now also adapt to more technologies and more ad techs, um, companies, softwares, whatever is out there to make sure that actually the gap between education and working life uh, is not so big anymore. Too many learners are being left behind by the current one-size-fits-all model of education. We here at EdUp and our friends at the Charles Koch Foundation see a better path forward. The Charles Koch Foundation supports innovators in education who are building and scaling new pathways to allow all learners to discover their potential. By changing the way we think about education, we can unlock opportunities for millions more Americans. To learn more about the Charles Koch Foundation support of individualized education, visit ckf.org. You know, Eric, I'm going to pass it to you, but I'm going to, you know, you, you said two things, Marnix. One, technology adoption, and I'm, I'm going to admit that apparently I have not set up my personal podcasting technology correctly, which is why you guys are giving me funny looks. Now I have done it uh, appropriately. Amazing. In, in all these buttons work. I, I didn't think they were working the right way before. So we all have problems with technology adoption. But one of the things that, uh, before I pass it to you, Eric, one of the things I want to say is the point you make about what we are being asked to do in the world of work, which is collaborate. And we use Google Docs and we use Microsoft Teams and we use Zoom and we share and share and share and share. In fact, we invest in millions of dollars of technology to share at the professional level. And in this, at the student level, there's questions about whether it's ethical to share. It's, it is what I think the mic drop moment of the episode is. <laughs> Over to you. See, now it's working. There we go. Yeah. And and I I love um Monix, what, you, what you said earlier about um and and I something that I agree with that we have it's a completely different problem that we have now when it comes to obtaining knowledge and and understanding like being able to say I know what this is. Um because before I think previous to technology, it was having to go out and find the information. Like you like it exists somewhere, you need to go find it. Now it is, it's a completely different monster. It's a completely different approach because all of the information is just being thrown at you. Right. Yeah. Um, and so now it becomes a process of filtering. And I mm -hmm. think, and there's like, like the thing research, that, right. Learning how to research. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and it's what something that just has always baffled me, right. Like on, on academic Twitter that exists out there is that we have like these, these, these researchers right um who go on their academic networks and they ask questions like they're like hey does anybody have any good notes on this reading um so like the academics are doing the thing that you are empowering their students to do but then professors kind of complain about it on, on the back yeah. end right yeah um and it's just it's it's so interesting to me that that this is a manifestation of like the way we have learned, the, the way we learn is completely changed. And something that I think that not enough universities are realizing, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, right? As 
a student-driven company is the importance of the student need, the student voice in the building of all of these products. I think the advantage that you have um, in the building of your product was like that you were your own end user. Like you knew what you needed out of it and you were students. What, what is your, your message of, um, for someone like me who's trying to build a company or, or for the university who's trying to adapt to these different changes, how do you think that they should be approaching their students as, as collaborators even? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, we, we grew out of sort of a demand which was there um, and, and also things which was being done, uh, like Joe just explained, right? So it, it, it's endless. This is, goes back hundreds of years and education also feels like it's uh, never changed in the thousand years in the past. Um, and, and, uh, but we should actually adapt because um, I remember actually now that you, you told your story, I felt like, oh, wow, um, uh, I, I had classes I think maybe in, in high school, so secondary school, um, where I was being taught to go to the library and search for information. Um, wow. And it makes it made perfect sense back then, right? Because uh, then uh, maybe there was the CD-ROMs from Encyclopedia, for example. So uh, there was no Wikipedia yet. So then it made sense that you had to learn how to search for information. But now we should not learn anymore about how to search for it or how to memorize it. Now we should combine it. So I think that's great. Um, you do see it with the educators itself. I mean, and it makes total sense because they also want to give uh, good lectures, right? So they want to have information and in how to give good lectures, how to they look at other lectures and they look at other materials, like how can I prepare well for my lecture? So also for them, it makes total sense to share. And I think they are doing it actually. Um, but um, yeah, you also need a platform for that. So I think Hopefully, uh, and, and we're also busy with it, by the way, but hopefully there's maybe even startups or other um, ed techs around already to, uh, to help the educators uh, as well to share and collaborate there. Because also for them, it makes total sense to share knowledge because it feels yeah. otherwise you're reinventing the wheel all the time. Eric, um, let, me, let me interrupt you guys and ask you real fast. But I'll ask both of you, does this, does everything you guys are saying right here, because we're talking about faculty and we're talking about faculty looking at, you know, the, the, the document sharing negatively. Is it, is it the administration's responsibility to, to improve faculty development then? And, and it's not necessarily the faculty because that's what they know, right? They know and they go, okay, wait a second, people are sharing this stuff and what do I do? rather than you know administration coming in and saying hey look this is what technology looks like out there let's provide you with the tools you need to elevate your teaching i mean it, you know is that is that a part of this too i think so i mean it could definitely help um but for most products eventually it is just uh, a product which is being developed by someone listening to the demands of the end user so in this case I would say the educator is the end user in this case, if that's the collaborative and sharing platform for educators. So then there should be someone to help them facilitate their needs on that platform. So then it might be difficult to get that out of a faculty level, um, but they could also give it a try, of course. I mean, they also see what their educators want and they could adapt to that. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a way. Uh, what do you think, Eric? What do you think to that? Because you're yeah. you're in instructional design and all that. Yeah, I as someone who um, like I was coming in from the student angle, I did the faculty angle, a little bit of the staff angle. Um, I I look at that question and I think I 
like to Marnix's point, like we have to, we have to understand like what are students doing? Like, what are they doing already? Um, and then seeing what technologies exist that are out there, um, you know, like, um, and I think that, yeah, I think that is, it's kind of on administration to, to help faculty bridge that need for students. Cause I think, you know, and, and I say this as a faculty member who, who has, who has felt this, that like, I like teaching the way that I teach. Like I, it's, it's the way that I teach. There's a reason I teach that way. It's because I like it. Um, and to, to have something else be introduced, like, oh, here's another piece of technology that I need to use. Like, oh, like here's this new, like new thing of things. Like, oh, it's like, it's just like, here's another thing that are already burnt out faculty are. Um, I think that it's on the administration to, to, to show, to show faculty that this is also benefits them. Like make sure, like you can make sure that the the lectures provided to your students are vetted by you as well. Like like you can, like how can you as a faculty member use this to your advantage, so that your students can be better prepared because they're already doing this. Why not empower everybody just to be kind of thinking a little bit more streamlined? Um, I I can't I can't not see admin. Um, administration playing a role in saying like, and, and kind of biting the bullet and saying, Hey, we need to embrace this innovation here because what we're doing right now is just, isn't cutting it. And it's either this or, or, or do we close? Wow. Yeah. And luckily drastic, they're, they're, man, but. <laughs> but, but luckily you do see that um, there's also a wide audience who is adapting actually to this. So that's, I think that's really nice to see. And, um, you also have a lot of professors using Sudaku, for example, and also just to to gain insights on how other professors work. And um, and I think that's also where it is for. It's open for everybody, and that's with a reason. You know, you, Marnix, you talked about growth, and Eric brought up some of your numbers, your Series B, and all that. Where do you go from here? What's the, what's the three to five year plan? Well, um, we're like I said, we're over the 25 million, right? So the uh, but in the end, there's more than 250 million students out there in the world um, and and growing. So we're just at 10%. So in that sense, I can keep on uh, launching the platform, let's say, to, uh, and and open it for more and more students everywhere. Um, so that's definitely part of the plan. But on top of that, um, yeah, we also want to help people more uh, in more ways than than in the current way we're just doing now. Um, so we're also uh, looking whether we can um, have people and the students in this case uh, chat much more with each other because I also remember from my old days that when you're studying and you don't understand something and um, yeah you can't just WhatsApp or text uh, your professor so you, you need somebody to actually explain it then to you. Uh, but what I always did is actually try to find a classmate somewhere in the library uh, who has have had 15 minutes for me or I would buy them a coffee and then have it explained to me uh, and also the other way around. Uh, but I think, again, this one can be done on a platform. And here, uh, instead of leveraging just a few people, you know, actually leverage the millions of students who are out there. Um, and then probably you will get an answer much quicker, but you might also get multiple answers because um, that is also super helpful. And maybe that ties in also a bit with the previous questions is, it's not only sharing goes easier and quicker, but also let's remember that it's very good for a person to get multiple views on one topic. Mm -hmm. um, if you only um, get one view beamed towards you, then you will start learning that view. While in fact, it's much better to actually get 
five or 20, who knows, uh, views on a, on a certain piece of text or paper or, or a subject. And in that sense, you can comprehend it much better and, and get a better view of the total rule. Eric, I want to- uh, uh, But so that's for the plans. Sorry, Joe. No, that's okay. I, I, I like that. I don't want to pass back to you, Eric, because I interrupted your last line of questioning and see if you have any more questions or else I can keep going and just keep drilling Marnix left and right. Oh, no, I'm, I'm like, this is a really interesting question for me um, about like where, like, where are you going from here? Um, and like, it, it sounds like, like this, like a, is like a peer to peer tutoring um, kind of feel like, is that kind of like where, like where you want to go and like develop it? Because um, like the, the problem that I face, right. As someone who's like brand new and doing this, like I have, like, I, like my product, my MVP can like, oh, I could do this or I could do this or I could do this. I was like, no, I need to like pare down. I need like, I need to focus mm -hmm. on the thing that's right in front of me and make sure that works beautifully. Um, and it seems yeah. like you've got that thing that works beautifully now and that you can kind of get out there and start expanding. Um, and so like, just like as, I guess this is my question, just like as, as an entrepreneur, someone who has set out to like get a company with funding that like at this level, um, like what, like what advice would you give to someone who is like me, like just like getting ready to start it out and, and just kind of do that same thing. Cause I'm just, I love the idea of having to build something that big. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Eric, to be really honest, I think the focus part is key. Um, so even, I mean, like you said, I have now maybe the time to start diversifying, but even that scares me a little bit uh, because, um, for the, the past 10 uh, years, um, I've been focusing on one thing, which we, I think we're really good at. Um, and it also makes you excel above other companies because uh, in one hand, of course, we're here uh, with the aim to help as many students as we can. And on the second part, you also want to build a good and healthy company. So if we look at that part as an entrepreneur, it uh, doesn't matter whether you're in ad tech or not, focus is just very key because when focusing, it enables someone to become better than the rest um, and become better at something and therefore excel and therefore let the company grow much faster than any other one could do. But if you be tempted too quick and it happens every year, every month, maybe you get inbound mails like, hey, maybe we should do a partnership or collaborate on this or have you ever fought or whether you talk to your father or your friend or your neighbor, doesn't mm -hmm. matter, they all always pitch an extra ID to tie into the in, into the student base you're already serving if you're like yeah that's true but it will cost me time it will distract me from the one thing I'm really good at apparently so far um, so why would I uh, because it can actually be uh, the death sentence for your company by actually focusing on too many things so even now with indeed a series B after 10 years of doing uh, just sort of, let's say one thing, even then I would say, be very careful before you start diversifying your focus into multiple things. I love that. No, thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you. Good advice. Good advice for anybody trying to do anything to grow anything. I mean, really it is, right? It's easy to just go, it's easy to be a shotgun versus a rifle, right? That, that old saying, um, it's, it's uh, easy to lose focus. And especially now with everything we have going on around us, it's very hard to stay focused in general. What did we miss about yeah. Stu? Yeah, what did we miss about StuDocu, uh, Marnix? That you want to say? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say about your organization? We always give the last same two questions to every guest. So, what did we miss about your organization? And lastly, what do you see as the future of higher education? Okay, so what do you miss about StuDocu? I think um, 
Well, I hope a lot of students are also listening, but I think, uh, let's say, students and educators are listening. So that's really my audience. Um, I think just go, go visit it, experience how easy it is to browse around and get the knowledge you exactly need. So only for your class uh, at your university. Um, and for educators, also give it a try. And actually, to them, I would say explore. So not just your class, because then you will find your own notes. That, that's not really helpful. You know that. You taught it. Uh, but actually browse around in other courses, similar named uh, around there in the US, but maybe even, I mean, we're, we're global, right? So go to Australia, go to Dutch universities. We also speak English. So it's, you, can every, you can use everything. So that's great. Um, yeah, and then in terms of future, where's education going? Um, it's always tough to, be a vision, to give a vision there, I guess. But um, what I do see now, and, and that's also a struggle, I guess, for any tech company, so not per attack is, for example, engineers. And I'm saying this because what, what you then do, what you actually see what employers do is they don't uh, focus too much anymore on the education. They just test the person who applies for the engineering role, so the developer role, and say, okay, you can code well, great, you're hired, uh, go work with me and build this awesome product. Um, it means that we're actually going, it seems like a skill-based society uh, and not per se that um, uh, the paper you get at the end of a five-year study society, uh, because that was in the past where you said, ah, oh, you're from Harvard, awesome. Um, but actually now, oh, you can code super well, super nice. But I think uh, this will happen to more skills than just coding. Um, and this is more and more to come. And, and um, yeah, with open education and getting your diplomas or sort of small diplomas there are specifically on the needs you want as an employer, that will be the future. Yeah, I think you said it at the beginning of the episode, faster and better, right? F how you deliver higher education faster so that it's meaningful to the student and gives them what they need and secondarily to that better, the quality is maintained, but then it has workplace application. I, you, you said it right. It's, it's, a, it's the crux of our time, higher ed, and, and how to meet the student where they are because the student is moving fast. Oh boy, as fast as uh, the internet moves. That's how fast higher ed needs to move, um, if we can. Thank you so much for, first of all, thank you so much for coming on, guest host, Dr. Eric James Stevens. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Joe and and uh, and Elvin. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Elvin, sorry, sorry, man, sorry to call you out, but you know, <laughs> yeah, you could take it up with him, Eric. Oh uh, yeah, there's gonna course, be an email. And then of course our guest today, Marnix Brewer, he's co-founder of StuDocu. Um, he's in the Netherlands. He's gonna go to sleep even after that coffee. Marnix, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you've just ed upped. The purpose of education is to help learners discover their aptitudes and interests, develop their skills, and then deploy that knowledge to benefit themselves and others. The Charles Koch Foundation, a nonprofit grant-making organization, works with leaders in education to remove barriers that stand in the way of all learners reaching their potential. They support individualized and flexible models that improve access and quality for millions of Americans. They also support apprenticeship and upskilling programs that connect learners to in-demand jobs that match their skills and interests. The foundation is looking for new partners to challenge the status quo and transform the post-secondary education system. Learn more about their partnership opportunities and apply for a grant at ckf.org. You can also find them on Twitter at, at @ccokefoundation Foundation and LinkedIn by searching Charles Koch Foundation.